Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. Andy, it's, as James Franklin will tell us, it's not an off week, sir. It is a bye week, Andy. I think you have that backwards, Jimmy. It's not a bye week. No, yeah, yeah, right. They're working. Right. <laughs> it's not an off week. Right. Okay, yeah. I was, yeah, whatever. Semantics, that's annoying. Uh, obviously, it's an off week for Andy because he's he's got to get his act together there. Andy, I'm going to give you a second here to regroup <laughs> and get yourself you ready. Um, for us, it is, apparently it is an off week. Anyway, it, I thought it would be a good opportunity, Andy, to take a step back and look at the national picture and the conference picture, where things are, where does Penn State fit in those areas. And so let's let's go from the Big Ten outward. Let's start in conference. Nothing has changed from our early thoughts, which is this is a league that's going to be dominated by Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. And the Penn State team is going to be judged in the end how they perform against those two teams. Correct? Yeah. the the It is because the Big Ten – didn't have the foresight in this last year before all of the, um, all of the conference realignment comes to fruition next season. The Big Ten didn't have the foresight to get rid of the two division thing, right? I kept waiting for them when everybody else was abandoning it and went to a one division, and you know the SEC did what the SEC was going to do, right? They were going to protect their own, but the Big Ten had every reason to do it. They didn't go to you know. One thing, they kept it to two divisions, and you end up with, you know, a, a rock-heavy side of the ledger, which is the Big Ten East, and you've got three of the top six teams in the country right there, and then you've got the Big Ten West, I mean the West, um, the least. I mean, that that's it does not provide them an opportunity to truly – evaluate and give their teams a best chance if there is a second shot at the college football playoff uh, this season, a second team is not going to come from the big 10. It's going to be very, very difficult because of the three teams in the East, but overall it's those three teams. It literally falls off a cliff to everybody else in the big 10 conference. I, it's even hard to kind of identify a sort of not bad, not great at the, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State level team. But I'm talking like a decent, probably what you would consider a decent slash good college football team. I'm having trouble finding one in the Big Ten Conference. Maybe Maryland. Maybe Maryland, you know, was one that, I'm like, okay, maybe it's Maryland. Guess what? They're also in the Big Ten East. But when it comes to the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, okay, maybe. But the Big Ten East is all about the three teams, when they play each other, how they take care of business with everybody else, and 
how that's going to shake up and which one of them is going to win the Big Ten championship by playing some team from the West. Andy, it's true that those three teams are obviously the elite. They're elite teams national in the national picture. The only thing I'll question you on, though, is the idea of getting two teams from the Big Ten into the playoffs. Now, it's not likely, okay? Last year it happened with Ohio State and Michigan. My take on it is if we have a situation, one of two situations will probably happen among those three teams. They all beat each other up. All three end up with one loss, in which case one of them through a tiebreaker will go to the championship game, beat the team from the West, and make the playoffs. You still have two teams with one loss. The other way for those three teams to shake out is someone wins both their games, someone splits, someone loses two games. Like it was last year, Michigan, zero losses, Ohio State, one loss, Penn State with two. Let's follow that argument, and let's say it's Ohio State and Michigan again, unbeaten, undefeated going into that final week, and they have a close game. Ohio State wins just to, you know, uh, follow through on the argument, wins the Big Ten championship, would have one-loss Michigan with a close loss to an undefeated and perhaps number one team in the country, would they not also have a great argument for making the playoffs? Based on their schedule, no. But they they will make the case. They're going to need some help. Right, the Big Ten Conference is going to need help this year from either the Big Twelve or the ACC, and they're going to need a they're going to need the top teams in those conferences, to, probably both of them, to have one loss. They're going to need them to have one loss in order for the Big Ten to have any chance of a, a second Big Ten team in it. Is it likely that everyone loses one game? Maybe. It's a little early to look at the undefeated teams because there's like 10 of the top 12 ranked teams in the country right now are undefeated. So it's still a little early to say, you know, how many of these teams are going to be unbeaten or how can, how many will go unbeaten because teams lose games and good football teams lose games. The Pac-12 has the same kind of problem. They're so darn deep. They're just killing each other. And their conference is so deep. That's why I'm bringing up the Pac-12. Would you take a one-loss Washington? or one-loss USC, or one-loss Michigan? That's a that's a question that might have to be answered by the college football playoff committee this year. And it's a lot going to be a lot tougher because of the, the Pac-12 being so deep and the ACC and the Big 12 having a, a, a looks like a top team and then not a lot of depth in their conference. So, you know, is it going to be none? Or is it going to be one? So it is a very messy, messy situation this year. Well, Andy, I want to, in quarter two, take a look at the national picture and how those things, the permutations of it and how it will uh, shake out. Sure. And, And I think one of the mistakes we always make in the middle of the college football season is Look at all those undefeated teams. Obviously, as you mentioned, they're going to play each other and have to lose games. But 
you know, it's still a fallacy to think, okay, these conference winners will be undefeated. I'll use as an example, you know, Florida State and the ACC. And I'm not, as I said, would get to the national picture in quarter two, and here I am doing it. Right, 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 right. But but if Florida State could end up undefeated and they would make the playoffs ahead of a one-loss Michigan, even though most of us might think Michigan's the better team because they're undefeated. But once they have that first loss and you're going one loss against one loss, it becomes a different debate. We'll get into that a little bit more. But going back to the Big Ten now and where Penn State fits into the picture, if we agree it's those three teams again, and it's typically been actually Michigan and Ohio State the last couple of years and Penn State lagging behind, has Penn State made up that gap, Andy? Uh, I definitely think they have. They have, they have an elite young, uh, getting a little bit of experience, but overall inexperience on the big stage quarterback. They have a defense that is arguably overall top to bottom, one through 22, because uh, they basically have 22 starters. But I joke, but they, they, they arguably have the best, if not at the very least, one of the best defenses top to bottom, front to back, across the line, linebacker, secondary, nickels, in the country. There is no doubt about that. Um, Ohio State, Michigan, I don't know about Michigan, but you asked, has Penn State closed the gap? 100% yes. Do they have holes? Yeah, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, But they are more capable of – the question that you, you and I get a lot is, well, can they compete with Ohio State and Michigan? I think they've taken such they've clo- not only taken such huge steps and closed the gap. I I see they're capable of beating both of those teams, and not just in a one off scenario. There's a couple different ways they can compete and win those beat both of those teams, but it you know it'll be incumbent on them. But yes, they have closed the gap. I think they're. They're right there, Jimmy. They're right there on the precipice. They haven't won these games when it really mattered against these teams. And this year it's going to, it appears it could really, really matter. Those games, not only just for the Big Ten, but college football playoff wise. In looking at it, Andy, I used, I said, hey, over the last several years, it's been Michigan and Ohio State, Penn State third. Well, not over several years. It's actually been Ohio State for many years until the last two, where it's become Michigan. Michigan has won those matchups with Ohio State and with Penn State, and they've kind of taken over. Now, what I think has also happened is if you look at Michigan and Penn State, say they're recruiting, it's been comparable. Ohio State traditionally has been the team that has actually had more talent than both Michigan and Penn State. My question is, even though the recruiting has still maintained a high level, has Ohio State come back a little bit to the pack? By the pack, I mean Michigan and Penn State. It's not just Penn State reaching up, but is Ohio State coming back? No, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, I still think they're getting 
the five-star recruits that they want first, right? Like I think three or four out of five of, of the guys they want that are five-star guys and high four-stars who maybe are going to be five-stars, I still think they're getting the A-list recruits on their board. I think they're getting the majority of them. Um, I think they're going to need, if I look ahead to the next three to five years, I mean, the college football playoffs going to expand. They're going to need some success at another level. You know, I, I don't think, while losing to Michigan is completely unacceptable, you know, not not getting to the college football playoffs is a big goal, but they're not having a lot of success there. So, but recruiting-wise, no. Jimmy, they are right there. Well, that's recruiting. I'm talking about the team itself and how it plays. We'll get back to that, Andy, when we get back for quarter number two, and we also look at the national picture. So stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Andy. This is quarter number two of our show. Um, Andy, we spent quarter number one talking about uh, the Big Ten, where things sit for everyone. Obviously, it's a Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State conference, and we couldn't help ourselves. We started to get into the national picture a little bit, and before we get there, though, I do want to mention when we finished up talking about Ohio State, and I asked if they were coming back to Michigan and Penn State a bit, 
I don't think there's any doubt where they are in the recruiting picture, the national recruiting picture. But I think as a team, though, they are coming back a little bit, despite their recruiting advantage. And in a way, this might be a little bit of the national story. Hey, Andy, let me have it because I'm using it as a segue to the national picture, which is, you know, Alabama and Georgia are the two teams probably comparable or even better than Ohio State as far as recruiting goes. And even though Georgia is undefeated, they were twice behind at halftime. Alabama already has a loss out of conference. And is that a little bit of the national story that those couple teams that we always thought were the elite and above everybody else have come back to the pack a little bit? Maybe just a little bit. Um, Maybe the gap's not quite as big as it was between sort of the elite halves and the rest of college football. Yeah, it could be. I mean... So the thing is, if I, I've watched Georgia a couple of times and I've watched Ohio State, and neither one of them, Georgia's definitely not the, uh, uh, the same version of itself as it was the past two years as a two-time defending national champion. Um, defensively, they're still very, very good, but I don't know if they're elite or great defensively. They're still pretty darn good. Offensively, they've clearly lost a gear, right? I would say the same thing about Ohio State. They're down a gear offensively. They might be a little better tech, um, fundamentally-wise defensively. They seem to be a little more solid fundamentally defensively. But overall, they're not a very physical team. Lou Holtz was right. So Georgia's still a physical team. Both those teams are lacking a little bit of firepower as compared to the last couple of years. So that's really the only difference that I see. Alabama's struggling at the quarterback position, right? They just simply have been struggling at the quarterback position and and are still trying to get that right. If they get it, if they've gotten it right and can, and it continues to build, their defense is still really good, Jimmy. Now, they've already got a loss. That's that's a tough thing, but you know, the SEC is not a deep conference. It's all about Georgia and Alabama. That, I think, is what's interesting about the Southeast Conference this go-round is at the top, they're probably not as good as they've been, and they're not as deep as they've been. LSU, who was a, thought to be a factor in the national picture, already has two losses, and they haven't played Alabama yet. Alabama has a loss out of conference. Credit to them for scheduling a Texas, but, you know— Their only path to the playoffs is to run the table, which would mean having to beat, say, Georgia in the uh, Southeast Conference National Championship game. So we were talking earlier about the possibility of the Big Ten getting two teams in, and obviously these things have to all fall out. But let's look at that national picture. You've got in the Big 12 it's Texas or Oklahoma, right? And they're going to go a long way to the deciding that this weekend. Yep, Red River in the ace in the ACC. It's Florida State or bust, I believe. 
I don't see, you know, somebody else that like even, you know, Duke with one loss running the table. Clemson has already lost two. So now you go to, okay, Pac-12, Southeast Conference, Big Ten. And we talked about the Southeast Conference. It's going to probably be at the end of the day, Georgia playing Alabama in the championship game. But the Pac-12, Big Ten are both comparable in that there are three teams that are in the top 10, all undefeated. And the Pac-12, Washington, Oregon, and USC. USC has probably been the least impressive of the three, Andy. Yeah, they've got the, – the Pac-12 has – they have a six problem. They have a six-pack, right? They have more than three. Those those are your top three. USC has been the least impressive defensively um, of the three teams. It Washington has been – just an absolute juggernaut offensively and hasn't really had their defense to do much in a football game yet. So there'll be more on that to come to come. Oregon is a complete team, but it sometimes it stalls offensively, but yes, the Oregon, uh, the PAC 12 has got six teams. They're all one conference. So they're going to get two teams could play each other again in the conference championship, which could be good or it could be bad, depending on how it shakes out. The bottom line is you've got Texas and Oklahoma, the Pac-12, the ACC, and the Pac-12 are all going to have, it seems like, a say in the conference or in the college football playoff this year. As you look at the national picture, right? Is the Big Ten a player too? Absolutely. Those three teams in the Big Ten bring a Q rating. That means... Even if it's a one-loss Big Ten champion, right? Like, say, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan beat each other up, right? They each come out of this with one loss, and it's a wash. Whoever, based on the tiebreakers, whoever plays in the Big Ten championship game and and they win that game, they're going to go just because consistently they have had three of the top ten teams in the country this year. Probably the same way in the Pac-12, being that top-heavy and deep, there's going to be a good football team. An SEC team's going to go. So, is it is it the Pac-12? Is it the Big 12 or is it the ACC? Which one of those comp can get a team through? It has to be undefeated. I'm telling you right now, the ACC school or the Big 12 school has to win its conference championship and has to be undefeated, just because those conferences are so lacking overall depth that they're not going to get the Q rating that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to get. Kind of the SEC. They're not going to leave Georgia or Alabama out of it if they're both one loss. They're going to have to decide which one they want to take. If if things go as projected going forward, I, I think you hit it, Andy. Nobody could afford to lose two games. We've learned that in the history yes. of the four-team playoff. You can't lose two games and make it. Almost no... Well, no matter what has been the history. So what you have is the potential for multiple one-loss teams in a conference. Uh, Barring upsets, I think you hit it. Big 12, ACC, their champion has to be undefeated to make the playoffs. If there's enough other one-loss teams, they will lose out on a tiebreaker. 
the Southeast Conference, if we if Alabama could win through and be a one-loss team playing Georgia in the Southeast Conference Championship game, I think it's the winner goes, the loser does not. I think that the Southeast Conference coming back to the pack a little bit won't yeah. get two in unless, you know, again, there aren't any more one-loss teams. But the Pac-12, you brought up the point of beating each other up. Boy, they their champion better not have two losses, though. Correct. You can't have two losses and be in the college football playoff. One team has to emerge, or, or probably two, to play in the Pac-12 uh, championship game. And it could be a rematch. It could not be. The most likely scenario with how deep that conference is, is two one-loss teams playing in the conference championship game for the right to go to the college football playoff, right? A winner-take-all game. That is a very likely scenario, as deep as that conference is, six. And they're playing, not in divisions, they're playing on top of each other, so their schedule was set up that way. I mean, look at USC's schedule, Jimmy. We've rattled that off. You know, they've still got to play Washington, Oregon, and UCLA, right? And and Notre Dame out of conference. And Notre Dame out of conference. I mean, that's... That's a that is not Michigan's schedule, right? That is a tall order. There, I'll I'll get you your Michigan little dig in there. So, and Washington and Oregon are playing similar schedules. You've got Oregon State in there. You've got Washington State in there. UCLA is not a bad football team. So, there is there is the possibility that the Pac-12 champion, but it can't be a two loss. You're right, Jimmy. You can't have a one loss ACC champion and a one loss Big Twelve champion and a two-loss Pac-12 and take the Pac-12 team. I don't think the college football playoff committee can do that. They've shown that they won't. So if we come down to it, Andy, I think this is what the four-team playoff looks like. Pac-12, if someone could come out of there with one loss, they're going to the playoffs. And it's possible that they don't. It could be a one-loss team versus a two-loss team in that championship game. And if they want a playoff team, they better hope the one-loss team wins. Yep. The ACC, let's call it, it's Florida State or bust for them. And Florida State, you know, bet undefeated to make sure they get in. With a loss, not sure they get there. Correct. Southeast Conference, you know, I'm not sure Georgia will lose get it before the championship game and potentially – and there's no guarantee Alabama gets there. I mean, they could still lose to an LSU. Um, but I don't think two SEC teams could possibly make it. No so chance. So that championship game will be, you know, the qualifier, which leads us back to the Big Ten. Uh, it comes down, it probably, you're right, it's probably only going to be one team. And whoever, it's going to be sad if they end up each with one loss. And that tiebreaker will decide it. The worst case scenario for the Big Ten sort of as a conference, right? Not for the three schools that we know are playing football at an elite level. For the conference overall, the sort of nightmare scenario to show that it sort of didn't take care of its own members was that they all beat each other and they have one loss and they have to use the tiebreaker, decide who goes to the championship game, that team wins and goes to college football playoff. That is the nightmare scenario for the Big Ten. It, it really is. Um, 
All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number two. Stick around. We've got your questions, and we're going to ask Andy in quarter three. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions. End of the segment. Andy will pick out the best question. Whoever sent us that best question will win the prize pack from 409tailgateclub.com. The place to go for the best barbecue sauces, barbecue rubs, Bloody Mary mix. Check it out. That's 409tailgateclub.com. Andy, are you ready for your question, sir? Uh, it's an off week, right, Jimmy? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we are we are working, so I am ready. Let's go. You, you are working. And just a reminder, if you want to send a question in to Andy, download our app, Keystone Sports. That's Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask Andy button. Actually, it now says Ask Andy or Ask T. Frank. You hit that button, choose who you want to send your question to. Let's get started with Bill from Raleigh, North Carolina, who says, hey, guys. I think that Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are very evenly matched, and their games with each other can go either way. Andy, give me one reason why for each team that they will win those matchups. Okay, that's a good question. That's a really good question, Bill. I'm going to start with Penn State, Ohio State, and that will be the difference in that matchup is will be Penn State's defense. 
right? That is the key for Penn State in that game will be can their defense dominate that game and put a, continue to put a little bit of a mute button on Ohio State's offense. For Penn State versus Michigan, quarterback Drew Aller. That's can, – can he be as good as Michigan's quarterback? Because that Michigan quarterback, he can be good. He's very cocky, right, in that sort of confident, can play well kind of, of get way. He knows he's got the backup in the run game. He knows they can feed the wolf and, and kind of win most games. Yeah, Penn State's defense will matter, but it'll be about quarterback Drew Aller. Can he pick apart Michigan's defense? and become a next-level quarterback in a game that big. He could literally make a difference. When it comes to Ohio State and Michigan, it's going to be can Marvin Harrison break down Michigan's secondary enough times to get the big plays that Michigan will allow some big plays. They're not as deep in the secondary as, as you think they are. And can he sort of wreck the game by getting himself free and open. Because if he gets down the field and open, he is going to go a long distance. So he's very hard to cover. um, And I don't think Michigan has the corners to hold him down. That is what is key for Ohio State in that matchup. Good question. What I I think will be interesting, though, in that Ohio State-Michigan game also is, remember, Ohio State has more than one good wide receiver. If you spend too much time on Marvin Harrison, somebody else could could beat you. All right. Here is Stan from Nashville, Tennessee, Andy. He says, as the season wears on, I'm getting a little concerned about the performance of the wide receivers and running backs. Oh, explosive plays, where have you gone? I don't think what we have seen so far will cut it against Ohio State and Michigan. We need a complete team to do that. Is my concern justified? How do you think we can fix this or at the very least improve it? So Stan, I'm going to, from Nashville, I'm going to disagree with you about the running backs. Now, Catron Allen obviously got injured against Northwestern in the first half, late in the first half. That is a concern. I'm not concerned about the running back position. I still think it's, yeah, they're not, they're not getting the explosive runs from scrimmage. I'm not worried about it. I still think they're two productive, good running backs, and I still think there are some big plays to come. And at the same time, having said that, when I say that, I also mean I haven't seen Penn State's playbook open up in terms of the run game. You see a lot of the same stuff right now, right, Jimmy? They played Northwestern, right? They've played Illinois, who played a very good defensive game. You know, I, I you haven't seen a lot of variety in the run game because they haven't had to use it, right? They haven't been forced into a situation late in any football game where they've been forced to rely on that. They haven't had a four-minute drill. They haven't had to shut a game down or win a game by using their offense, you know, late in a game. So that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying they haven't unveiled it. I haven't seen any, you know, two back and, and, you know, tosses. I haven't seen anything really designed to go outside a whole lot. I've seen a lot of strength and power. So I, I would do that. The wide receivers is legitimate, you know, but Stan, you're hundred percent, right? Trey Wallace continues to be injured. That is really, you know, hopefully the bye week helps him and, and this extra week 
without having to, you know, sort of prepare to maybe play. Cause it's different when you don't have to prepare to play and you're getting treatment for an injury than when you can have two weeks to do, you know, to sort of recover. So yeah, I, I don't think the receivers have been a liability, but they're definitely not an asset to this offense. How's that? I would say the tight ends catching, they're an asset, but, the wide receivers, I don't see them beyond Keandre Lambert-Smith, who's playing well. I don't think they're an asset to this offense, but they're, they haven't been a huge problem either, Jimmy. You know, that that's that's kind of a gray area. Yeah. I, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe they have been a bit of a liability. There have been drop passes. Yeah. There's been that miscommunication with the quarterback. I. And I'm, you know, I'm a big Trey Wallace guy, so I think they really missed him. They do. I I didn't think they would miss him this much because I thought we would see either McLean step up, Liam Clifford step up. I thought would see other guys step up. The other one is Omari Evans hasn't really been out there, so I believe you're right. The bye week, then UMass. Now is the time. Wallace was suiting up and able to get on the field. And I think James Franklin this week indicated that, you know, Trey Wallace, if he's not ready, he's very close to it. So um, anyway. Yeah, you're right, Jimmy. It's You're leaning and it's kind of gray towards it. It's not like the wide receivers where you go like, okay, someone asks a question, like Stan in Nashville about the wide receivers, and you go, yep, that's a problem. <laughs> right? Like it's yep. not instantaneous. That's a problem. Okay, let's go to Steve in Columbia. He's going with the fun question here. It's bye week, so we can relax a bit. I think we should have a naming contest for our third and fourth and short shove of hour. Eagles have called it the tush push and the brotherly shove. I submit the nitney nudge. I admit it's not the best, and looking for a better one, <laughs> a winner would get a prize. Andy, what do you think? Nitney nudge? That sounds like a creamery flavor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somewhere between it has nuts and fudge, right? right. So a nitty nudge. It's it's you know vanilla bean ice cream with fudge ripples and and some kind of nut peanuts or something. It, it sounds like a creamery flavor. That's why I'm laughing. It's it's kind of cool, Stephen Columbia, but it also makes me go like, oh, is that a creamery flavor? Do I need to try that? So I don't really have a name for it. I kind of like the tush push the original name for it. I'm like, okay, that's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, I, I like it. You know, the brotherly shove isn't too bad either, but my response to it, you saying, you know, is mm, ice cream. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that, that's my reaction to it. All right. Let's, let's stay on this kind of fun theme again. It's, it's a bye week. So Ryan from Reynoldsville, says, Andy and Jim, true or false, the hijinks that the three Penn State players did behind James Franklin at the end of the game, uh, televised press interview, made it the best field interview ever. Do you know what he's talking about, Andy? I do not. I don't think I hung around long enough. I switched to another game quick. Uh, well, when James Franklin was interviewed after the game, a couple of the players, I think, think Akeem Beeman was one of them. I'm not sure. I shouldn't say that. One of them put, you know, the two fingers behind his head, you know, like the devil thing. And they were sure, sort of, uh, you know, making, uh, uh, <laughs> they were having fun 
with James Franklin. They, they threw some sh- shade at Coach Franklin while he was doing a post game, and they knew it. That's yes. epic. That is so cool. I my, love that. My question more, forget your reaction to it, Andy. What do you think James Franklin's reaction would be to it? So I think publicly he was probably kind of like, oh, my gosh, what are my 12-year-old kids doing, right? Like, you know, but I think internally that's the sort of relationship he likes to build with players. I think inside inside his own walls, he's like, that's pretty cool. I love that. That, that's, that speaks more about them than it does about me, and I'm happy that the relationship is like that. I, I, I do, too. I, what I could picture is James Franklin in the team meeting calling them out on it right. and maybe tongue-in-cheek uh, yelling at them and punishing them for it. All right, let's go to Brad in Percocet who says, could the lack of explosive plays be by design, not only to keep the playbook under wraps, but more to keep the defense fresh for the second half of the season. That way it gives us a better chance against Ohio State and Michigan. So I think it's, uh, Brad, it's a it's a good question. It's a really good question. I think there's some elements. There's a couple things in play here. One is if you don't have to use it, you know, why unzip it, right? Like it's, there's there's no need. They haven't been in a fourth quarter where they've needed to use anything outside of what they had inside their box of game plan. The second part of it is, unfortunately, Jimmy, I don't see a lot of separation in the wide receivers. Uh, you know, Keandre Lambert Smith is, I think, exempt. He he can wiggle himself free and open. I, I think Penn State's best pure route runner to be able to get himself open is Trey Wallace. Uh at its core, right, talent-wise. He's really good at running routes and getting himself open. I do not see a lot of open wide receivers, and that means that if you're going to do something like that, it goes back to what we've talked about the last couple years. It looked forced, right? I don't think the deep shots against Michigan where they wiped out photographers, including my good friend Joe Hermit, on – you know, on those two plays on the same drive. You mean against against Northwestern. Yeah, against Northwestern in the end zone. Those didn't look unnatural, Jimmy, right? They didn't look like, you know, they were just deep shots for the sake of deep shots. So, you know, I think they're trying to get there, but I'm not sure the wide receivers are meeting them per se halfway across the room, and they haven't had to use it. It has not been something necessary. Okay, Andy, this is going to be it for you, so we need your winner right now. Bill and Raleigh, great question. Good job, Bill. All right, Bill is our winner. Stay tuned. Next segment, we got Sean back for Sean's take. He's going to let us in on the winners for this coming weekend. Stay tuned for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. 
Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Sean Gold. For more of Sean's take, this is where Sean comes on does a little bit of a look ahead for the college football games this coming week. Sean, last week you got back on the winning track again, 3-2 and two for the season. That takes you up to 11-8-1, except for that one bad weekend. We are looking good, my friend. We are looking good, and it was good to get back in the winning column, but you and I know we want those 4-1 and one and 5-0 and oh weeks. We're never satisfied with the 2-3 and three performance. Or a three and two performance well, that would be. Well, you did, yeah. You get three and two. You're at least on the winning side. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about this off the air. Notre Dame lost it for you, literally very last second of the game. This week they squeaked out to win against Duke. This week it was in your favor. Hey, I was very thankful that they were nice to me this past week and get back on track. And we've got them in today's slate too, so we're going to see if I'm for or against them. But the other thing I wanted to make a note, I ought to write a letter to James Franklin thanking him for, for, for a couple of these games scoring in the final minutes for me to cover the spread because that's twice this season. We thought Penn State had no shot at covering, and James Franklin pulled through for us. So I, I definitely need to give a, a big shout-out to James Franklin for keeping the record up for me. Well, I, I'm glad you did that, Sean, because those of us who've actually been betting on the Netney Lions every week especially are appreciative of that with uh, James Franklin. As an aside, the Nittany Lions 5-0 and against the spread. So I, I'm curious what that spread is going to be with UMass. I, I'm sure it's going to be a number that I'm not going to like, but I said the same thing uh, with Northwestern, and at halftime it was like, boy, no way they're going to win this, and and sure enough, they pull through. All right, Sean, enough about the past. It's time to look forward, and we're starting to get some interesting 
in-conference games. And let's let's start right there in the Big Ten, since we don't have any Penn State to talk about this week. The semi-surprising Maryland Terrapins, they are undefeated, and a lot of folks are wondering, should they be included among those elite teams in the Big Ten, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State? Well, Maryland is at Columbus, at Ohio State, and uh, Ohio State is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. How does that strike you, Sean? You know, this is a game I'm surprisingly very, very excited to watch because, like you said, we don't know. Is Maryland a legitimate Big Ten team, or have they squeaked out to 5-0 and and they're going to go on a big downhill trend as they start to play more competitive Big Ten games? The last time we saw Ohio State, They get that crazy win at Notre Dame. So they're coming off a bye week. And I think that was a very good time for a bye week for this Ohio State team because you can't get too high on a win. But that game wasn't perfect for Ohio State either. So they had a lot they wanted to work on, especially on the offensive side of the ball throughout this bye week, which I think is going to bode well for them this, this coming week. But I think this game can go one of two ways. Ohio State can either come in off this bye week and absolutely blow Maryland out and say, no, you do not belong in the conversation with us, or Maryland's going to really put Ohio State on upset watch. I don't see Ohio State winning this game by 19 points right around the spread line. I either see them winning by 30 or coming relatively close to losing this week. And I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to put my faith in Maryland this week and say that they're going to be able to keep things close. I think they're going to give Ohio State a little bit more of a scare than people are anticipating. So give me Maryland with the spread. That, that's interesting because I've talked to folks who said, you know what, this is the week we're going to find out a lot about both those teams, where, where they're at. Ohio State hasn't been their typical dominant self. Maryland has been much better. They've got some defense going on now. And, of course, they have the quarterback that I think you need if you're looking to take that next step, and they, they have that there. It'll be interesting and a fun game to watch. All right, let's stay in the Big Ten, and let's go with Michigan at Minnesota. Michigan has been winning this year against not very good teams. They've not had much of a schedule, especially out of conference. The Probably their toughest test was last week against Nebraska, and that was no test at all. And now Minnesota, they're pretty much like every other team in the Big Ten West, just not very good this year. No surprise, Michigan is favored. The spread is actually 19 and a half points, and this is at Minnesota. A 31 to 13 loss to North Carolina and a 37 34 loss to Northwestern is really all I need to know about this Minnesota team. Michigan is far and away the best team Minnesota will have faced this year, and each one of Michigan's wins this year have come by 24 or more points which bodes well for the point spread that we have this week. I'm not convinced Minnesota is a much better team than Rutgers or Nebraska, who, like I said, Michigan beat both of them by at least 24 points. So I see another big Michigan blowout coming this week. Harbaugh's back on the sideline. He had a great debut for his season after that self-imposed suspension. I think he wants to continue to set the tone and say, when I'm here, we are going to blow opponents out. And this is our run to a national championship. And Minnesota, you're in our way right now, and you need to get out. All right, so we're going Michigan on that one. That's interesting. Two, well, identical spreads at 19.5 points with Michigan and Ohio State. 
You're going with the underdog with Maryland, going with the favorite Michigan against Minnesota. Okay, no segment of Sean's take would be complete, Sean, without talking about Colorado. Colorado, after surprising everybody, coming out of the gates 3-0, and get blown out by Oregon. At halftime, they were being blown out by USC. They make the wonderful comeback in the second half. They are now a four-and-a-half-point favorite at Arizona State. Colorado is a team that people love to get super high on and super low on. So to me, this week, we're seeing a great example of market overcorrection. Yes, Colorado got blown out of the water by Oregon two weeks ago. But last week, as you mentioned, they're one possession away from beating USC. And I think we all knew it watching that game. If Colorado was able to recover that onside kick and get the ball back, USC's defense was not going to stop them from scoring and winning the game. If Colorado wins that game against USC, they're back to being a nationally ranked team. They're in the top 20 already after falling out against Oregon. So we also have to think that if Colorado was fully healthy last week, they probably do get a win against USC. And we're talking about them in a completely different light than what we're talking about them right now. With that being said, they're going to play Arizona State. This spread seems way too low for me. Colorado sits right behind LSU as the best two-loss team in the country. Having losses to Oregon and USC is not a bad thing. That's You're not going to find many two-loss teams that have stiffer competition in their losses. So for me, I think it's crazy to think that Arizona State, a 1-4 Arizona State team that is, can hang with Colorado this much. So come on now. Give me Colorado. They're a dangerous team. They're going to get back in the win column, and I think they're going to do it in a very big way this week. So I like Colorado against the spread to get back on track in a big way. All right. Back on the Colorado bandwagon. Let's move on. Next one. This is a huge game in the Big 12, or actually I should say the Big 12 soon-to-be Southeast Conference rivals, Texas and Oklahoma. The Red River uh, rivalry now, not the Red River shootout. Uh, Texas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Texas is a really interesting team. You know, the, the running joke is this is the year Texas is back. Every year we hear that. But you beat an Alabama in the out-of-conference out of schedule. People are going to believe Texas is back. What do you think? Well, this game is, like you said, it's going to be an insane game. Game of the week easily. And honestly, I thought this spread would be more around three and a half points than Texas being favored by a touchdown. It's hard to pick a straight-up winner in this game, let alone pick against the spread, because Oklahoma has a great chance to go in and win this game outright. The Texas team is under very heavy expectations right now. And I thought they proved a lot to me last week against Kansas. I saw Kansas as a bit of a trap game for them because, yeah, Kansas was the 24th ranked team in the country at the time. But everyone's kind of jumping a week saying, you have Oklahoma next. What that, what's that game going to look like? And it would have been very easy for Texas to not be fully prepared against Kansas because they had Oklahoma in their minds. But they went out, handled business, covered that big spread against Kansas, which I didn't think they would do. And now I think they're locked and loaded. I think they got past the kind of scary week for their national championship hope. And this is a big-time matchup. But I do think Texas is a big-time team this year. And I think they're going to go in, make a pretty good statement against Oklahoma this week, win by more than a touchdown, and show people, hey, this year, the Texas is back statement is a real statement that we're saying. 
And I'll tell you what, uh, Sean, I think it's significant that six and a half point, you know, you're rounding it to a touchdown, but uh, you can very much see this game being, uh, you know, a touchdown difference, 31-24, something like that. And that half point could be end up being the difference. Okay, for our fifth and final game, it's Notre Dame at Louisville. As I said earlier, Notre Dame's been good to you, Sean. They've been not so good to you. This time, they're at a, a surprising Louisville team, and it is a six-point spread. Notre Dame's the favorite by six. Notre Dame's schedule is something that we have to talk about. Ohio State to Duke to now a ranked Louisville team, and next week is USC. This team is going through the ringer right now, but they've responded really, really well. The Ohio State loss was a heartbreaking one, but they come back, respond with a win against Duke, and now they have a chance to beat another ranked team and build some momentum heading into USC. So I've had an up-and-down relationship with Notre Dame, as we know this season, but I'm with the Fighting Irish once again. I think they're going to handle Louisville. I think they're going to make a statement this game and go in and say, hey, USC, we're coming for you. We're a one-loss team. And we want to get into the college football playoff this year. And if that's going to happen for Notre Dame, this Louisville game for sure is not a game they can mess around with. So give me Notre Dame by a touchdown to get this victory. All right. Very good, Sean. Tell our listeners where they can find more of Sean's take. Yeah, so make sure you follow us at Sean's Take on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And then check out the links in my bio there. And you'll have access to all the Sean's Take resources and the Sean's Take community. Very good, Sean. Just a quick recap. You have Maryland, uh, a 19.5-point underdog against Ohio State. Texas, a 6.5-point favorite over Oklahoma. Colorado, 4.5-point favorite over Arizona State. Notre Dame as a 6-point favorite over Louisville. And Michigan, which is a 19.5-point favorite over Minnesota. Just notice, that's four favorites you have on your slate here this week. Some interesting games. We're going to find out. I'm especially curious about that Maryland-Ohio State game. All right, that is it for our Sean's Take segment, and that is it for our show. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. 
Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.